You know those moments in our lives where we feel like this just isn't working and we long to take our lives in a completely new direction? What would it feel like to actually do that? I'm Hilary Harper and this is Leap, a Life Matters series about the people who've taken paths that we might only have dreamed about and where it took them. In 2017, Jodie Wilson and her partner Daniel had their life plan pretty much sorted out. Daniel had a well-paid job in Sydney, they were a heartbeat away from home ownership, and their three kids were doing well. But when kid number four came along, their patchwork quilt of after-school activities and commutes and to-do lists came a bit unstuck. And Jodie and Daniel made a choice at that point that would completely change the course of their lives. Jodie Wilson, welcome. Thanks for having me, Hilary. Tell me what was happening in your life back in 2017, because it sounded like all the plates were spinning fairly well. Yeah, they were. And, you know, a lot of people would have looked at our lives and thought, yeah, perfect. But I think when a new baby comes along in particular, you really are forced to focus on what's right in front of you. And what was right in front of me was a life that I just couldn't see being sustainable and... I really questioned whether we were on the right path and whether we were happy and whether it was what we wanted for our family. And all those questions are big questions. Um, And there wasn't an obvious answer, so to speak, but I knew that we had to make a change. And I knew ultimately that I had to drive that change, which was incredibly confronting, but made it happen. Yeah. Well, let's break it down a little bit, Jodie. What were some of the elements that you could see suddenly weren't sustainable with four when they had kind of been ticking over with three? Yeah, I think it, you know, my partner Daniel was commuting to Sydney uh, from the Central Coast. And if anyone has ever done that commute, it, it really is very difficult. And it's not, I suppose, a great choice in terms of family life, but it was necessary at the time. So we made it happen. But I was, you know, a freelance writer, juggling home life, school, preschool. I had a new baby and just trying to kind of get all the washing done and and, and keep everything afloat, I suppose. And I just remember feeling quite angry, actually, at that point and feeling like... It just didn't feel like we were living in a way that matched our values or our priorities. So I think that ultimately what wasn't working was the fact that I was just in the car racing all of the time and um, and never feeling like I was really getting anything done or being present in the day with the children. And, you know, I really believed wholeheartedly in living a life that that was very simple and very not so much slow, but just we made choices that were best for our family every day. And and it kind of felt like life was getting away from us. That's the best way to describe it, that we were just never really enjoying ourselves because everything was a bit of a rush and there was just so much to do every day. And I'd hop into bed every night completely exhausted and just questioning, I suppose, whether home ownership was the right choice for us at the time because, you know, we were just one step away from that. But I also knew that once we got that mortgage, we were very much 
stuck in that spot. And I suppose all those rumblings, all those questions really forced us to think about the possibilities. Well, and into that sea of questions and exhaustion came a school performance from your son, a dramatisation of Alison Lester's kids' book, Are We There Yet? What happened during that show? (laughs) Well, my eldest was on the stage and I was sitting in the audience. Daniel, my partner, was next to me and I had my newborn in a sling on my chest. And what I could see in that performance was a timeline because it really didn't feel like 10 years before it was the firstborn on my chest, you know. And I think when you see time like that, you realise that childhood childhood is so fleeting and that these racing days were turning into racing years that I wasn't really savouring and I wanted to savour them. And I was having all these thoughts and then my partner, you know, Daniel He said to me, we could do that. We could do that road trip around Australia. And it was like my intuition got in before my consciousness could because I just said yes. And he looked at me really puzzled because I am a planner. I love predictability. Um, Change was one of my greatest fears. But it was a decision that made so much sense to us. And later that night, all the kids were tucked up in bed and Daniel was already looking for caravans on Gumtree. <laughs> and, um, you know, he, he really is the adventurous half of our partnership. Um, and he said, are we really going to do this? And I said, yes, I think, I think we really are going to do it. Yeah, being led by your intuition there and mm. everything else catching up. We're speaking yeah. with Jodie Wilson, who, with her partner and her four children, ranging in age from very, very tiny to 10 years old, set off in a caravan around Australia for a year. Didn't quite work out that way. We'll hear more about that in a little while. But this is part of a new series we're doing here on Life Matters called Leap, when we make those big, big life-changing decisions. And we're not quite sure whether they're going to be for good or ill in the moment, perhaps, but they make everything different. How do we make those decisions? How do we get there? And Jodie, I'm really interested to hear how you went from this seed of an idea where, you know, everything in you kind of rose up and said yes, to the status of a plan. How many lists did it take? (laughs) There were a lot of lists. And we didn't really even know what we had to put on those lists, because when you embark on a road trip and you start looking into caravanning and cars you really have to learn a whole new vocabulary. And so I actually didn't know how we were going to get from, yes, saying we were going to do this to actually driving out of the driveway. Like there was so many steps in between. And I reverted to Anne Lamott's book, Bird by Bird, in which she says, you know, takes a bird by bird approach to life and writing. And it really was a series of very, very small steps across an eight month period. And to be honest, every day of those eight months, I thought it would be so much easier not to be doing this. Like making the decision was easy, but putting the plan into action was incredibly difficult. And there were so many reasons why we shouldn't do it because you're ultimately taking a huge leap of faith for yourself, but also for your whole family. And we were spending our very hard-earned house deposit on a a four-wheel drive and a caravan. We'd never caravaned or camped before. This was an entirely new concept and experience for us. We had no idea what we were doing. 
Um, but we just kept moving forward. And yes, it was kind of a one step forward, two steps back, one step to the side scenario. And it was a lot of hard work, to be honest, packing up a house, selling most of what we owned, knowing what to sell, um, breastfeeding the baby in between packing boxes, um, you know, just constantly questioning, is this the right decision? And it ended up being the best decision of our lives, but it wasn't always smooth sailing. Sometimes there was more tears than there were laughter. Um, and I look back now at that time in my life and I just think, I just don't know how I did it. But we did it. And uh, we're here to tell the story. Yep, <laughs> relatively unscathed. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you write about one morning facing going through all those cupboards and winnowing out what you'd need and you couldn't even get out of bed. You were frozen. What yeah. were you holding on to that made you be able to push through that uncertainty? I just kept thinking about myself as an older woman and I just... I knew with complete certainty that if we didn't do this or if we didn't at least give it a go, I would really regret it and I didn't want to have that regret. And I also knew that I'm an anxious person, you know, normally on any normal day um, and it caused me intense anxiety to think about all the what-ifs. But I really did lean on Daniel in that that period because he was just so excited and you know, loves spontaneity, loves adventure, was, you know, and people kept saying to us, "Where? so where are you heading to? What are you going to do? And I was just like, I have no idea what we're doing <laughs> or where we're going. We're just going to drive. Um, and there is that romance of the road trip, but I think it, um, it really, yeah, it really forced me to focus on one day at a time, which is very practical advice, I suppose, for someone that is dealing with or, you know, planning a big adventure. Um, but, yeah, it was it was really hard for me. It was really genuinely hard and I just had to keep coming back to the fact that I felt good about the decision to begin with and if I took those small steps, I could get to the other side and the other side was, was basically driving out of that driveway of our rental in suburbia and living on the road. Well, we'll get to know that caravan a bit in a moment because I'm really keen to understand how you fit a family of six into a seven-metre caravan for uh, some years. But first up, I mean, people are going to be thinking, look, even if you're not super anxious and a super planner, the idea of handing over your house deposit to buy a four-wheel drive in a caravan and leaving with 20 grand in the bank, that is nuts. Uh, Were you worried about that? I was worried about it, but I also knew that we were in a golden pocket of time and if we didn't do this trip then, we never would. So my eldest was 10 and I knew he was fast approaching the teenage years where the last thing he would want to be doing is living in a caravan with his family and not having, you know, that peer um, experience at school. So it, it, it felt like a now or never situation and I think that really motivated me on those days where I really doubted what we were doing. And I'm, I suppose I'm quite um, sensible and conservative with money. And so it, it was just, it was actually really hard, Hillary. I can't, I can't 
say it any other way. But I think it's also important to remember that, you know, this was 2017, 2018. And while house prices had increased significantly where we were living, just north of Sydney, it, it's, it was a totally different climate to what it is now. And I think there was a bit of there was a bit of leeway for us there. And I had also been blogging um, since two thousand and eight. I was in one of those original cohorts of mummy bloggers, um, even though I loathe that term. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd established quite a strong following online from my writing, and I was a photographer, so I knew that I could earn a bit of money on the road and potentially earn a bit more money because I was travelling to lots of different towns and cities where people may want family photographs taken and that I could kind of continue to write along the way about what we were experiencing. But, yeah, you know, it was a leap of faith for us personally and as a family but a massive leap of faith in terms of finances. And um, I suppose we kind of lent on the knowledge that we could always return to the grandparents if need be Um, and... Yeah, we could always sell the car or caravan if it didn't work out. Yeah, thank God for grandparents. They are the mainstay <laughs> of many decisions in our lives that that are hard to come back from otherwise. How did your kids react to the idea, Jodie? They were, I think, 10, 6 and 2 at the time that you left. What did they think about the idea of doing school on the road and leaving all their friends? Um, I think they were a little bit hesitant, to be honest. Um but we also knew that it they just had no idea of what the experience would entail and I suppose their hesitancy did, I, I found that a bit confronting because it, it really exacerbated that whole notion of I'm taking a whole leap for the whole family. Um, but, you know, kids are adaptable and I knew that ultimately they would be experiencing so much more than they would in a classroom and in the the routine of our lives where we spent you know 40 minutes driving home from swimming lessons of an afternoon and going home to witching hour where everything was crazy and I questioned all my choices in life so yeah and ultimately we weren't setting out to tick places off the list it wasn't a bucket list trip we really just wanted to slow down because life had become so frantic that We just felt like we were racing through it and we knew that spending more time with our kids was only going to be of benefit to them. And tell us, speaking of slowing down, about the first stop on your trip. (laughs) So we had to be out of our rental at 4pm and at 8am that day I'd just pulled all of all the last minute things that if you're moving house, you just chuck in a box and think I'll deal with that later. But I did not have that privilege. So we, you know, brought all the stuff into the lounge room. And I remember my mum walked in and just went, oh my God. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyway, somehow we got through that day. We drove out of our street towing the caravan. It was, and this is just absolutely bizarre, But it was the first time that we'd all been in the four-wheel drive towing the caravan and we were headed out on this trip. That's how little kind of preparation we'd done. Um, And we thought we'll just be really sensible and we'll book a caravan park 45 minutes from home. So it's just a – we're just easing into the trip. Uh, Witching hour, the baby screamed for the whole 45 minutes. By the time we reached the caravan park, it was dark we just got the key from that little, the little lockbox near the office and it was a very rude shock for me to then have to 
guide Daniel as he reversed the caravan into a caravan park spot. Now, um, it is grounds for divorce. (laughs) And if you have ever been in a caravan park, you would have seen these kind of experiences between couples and they're never really positive. But I just remember standing there. Two of the kids were already asleep in the car. I was breastfeeding the baby. I had the phone, uh, the torch of my iPhone pointing to the ground. And what I didn't realise is that when you turn the steering wheel left in the car, the caravan goes right. So it was just a comedy of errors, really. And it took us about 20 minutes to park that van. By the end of the caravan trip, I must say, we were very, very good at it. (laughs) It'll make a great Um, movie one day. Imagine the biopic. I know, I know. And, you know, you see all these families on Instagram and this is really what I thought our experience would be like, where their caravan was just looking perfect, like there was a place for everything and everything when it was in its place. But we, that was not our experience. We'd kind of just stuffed everything in at the end. And we opened the door to hop in the caravan once it was parked. And and setting up a caravan is fine once you know how to do it, but there's lots of steps to actually making sure it's on the ground, water's connected, electricity's connected, gas is on, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, we carried the sleeping children into their beds. The baby was asleep and I just hunted around for a pot and we ate baked beans out of the pot um, and then just crawled into bed. And I remember waking up that next morning and... It was the most profound feeling of relief in that we'd done it and the most profound experience of what is possible now. It was really, really magic. But I just remember also not being able to find the words to describe it at that time because I felt like we still had so much ahead of us and we really did. Yes, we're speaking with Jodie Wilson who packed up her family, four kids, and went on a trip around Australia in a caravan using the house deposit that they had scrimped and saved for in the uh, years beforehand and leaving behind the rat race. It's a very kind of, I guess, familiar aspiration for a lot of Australians, but we're also really wedded to the idea of owning homes and, and productivity. And this family decided that there was other benefits, more wonderful, to spending time on the road with their family. Just briefly, Jody, how did you fit the six of you in a seven-metre caravan? Well, we had bunks. So um, we actually only had two bunks at the time. So our eldest was on the top bunk and then the the two middle kids were top and tailing and we had the baby in the bed with us. So we were co-sleeping and yeah, we all fit quite well. And I must admit it was, it felt like quite a luxury really. Like we, a lot of people really travel a lot more minimally than we did, but we also knew that we really wanted a hard roofed caravan so that we didn't have to pop it up whenever we got to a caravan park. We wanted that ease and we also wanted the ease of having a toilet on board. Although I tell you what, the luxury of a flushing toilet is something you should not underestimate. Um, <laughs> yep. Yes. Um, and, you know, we've all had our experiences with toilets not working quite as they should in uh, caravans, if you have ever caravaned. And yeah, it's um, it's the not so glamorous part of living on the road. But we all fit quite well. And I actually really loved having a very small floor space to clean because the burden of living in a home with a family on parents is so significant and it really contributes to the mental load and 
living in a caravan, we just really didn't have that. I, I loved my small kitchen. I had a decent sized fridge and an oven. So we were really cooking every day and, you know, we couldn't afford to eat out all the time or to, um, you know, that, that was a treat if we went out for a meal or, or got gelato or whatever. Um, it wasn't a holiday. It was just life on the road and we had to be really, really careful with our money. Um, so we were frugal. We kind of plotted out where the Aldis were closest to us and did all our grocery shopping there and supported kind of local fruit and veg stores. But, yeah, we just we fit beautifully, to be honest, and I think we really thrived in that small space because when you are in a small space together, you do just spend a lot of time together and you talk a lot. And um, I think it says a lot about small space living, really. Well, yeah. What, what were the days like? You understand did relatively short drives and kind of plonked places for three, four, five, seven days. What was it like? Did the kids take a while to get used to that amount of time together? Look, we're a pretty close-knit family anyway, so I don't think that was a big issue. It took me a while to really unravel the to-do list in my brain. And I think any mother can relate to that list, that, you know, continual list that runs in the head, in, in your head and never really seems to go anywhere. And there was one day three weeks in where I really felt like we'd, we'd kind of settled into just the slow pace of life on the road. And I remember we were, the kids were playing at the mouth of a river on this beautiful beach and, and I just... I could tell that, you know, it was late afternoon and I was, I just had this sense of, this automatic sense of having to kind of gather them all up and, and, and get home and get back and eat dinner. And, and there, it was just this, this sense of rushing that kind of pummeled through my body. And I, I stopped myself because I was like, you, you don't have to be anywhere. We don't have to do anything tomorrow. And it, was like I was mentally closing all the tabs that were open in my head and I really made a conscious choice to hold myself in that moment and remember what it felt like because I knew that we would be going back to a life where we did have school and after school activities and we were living in a house that would happen sometime again in the future and all those tabs would inevitably open again and I was just very conscious of what it felt like to live a life that wasn't dictated by expectation or obligation. And it felt incredibly good. Yeah, I think about that day often, actually. I'm speaking with Jodie Wilson, who is a parent and a writer, among other things, and the author of a book, too, called Practicing Simplicity, Small Steps and Brave Choices for a Life Less Distracted. And it clearly draws on this experience of travelling around Australia for a few years with the family and explains it to an extent, too. Jodie, you kept travelling for nearly three years. It was working so well. The the original one-year deadline kind of came and went. What changed your minds in the end? Look, we'd kind of nestled down in a friend's Airbnb in Tasmania during COVID, that initial COVID lockdown, and um, our kids were doing distance ed. They'd gone into their third year of distance education, which is all online, and that wasn't unusual in 2020. Everyone was online. But the kids started talking about wanting to return to school, and I think we, we'd reached that space where, you know, the kids had grown a lot in those two and a half years that we were kind of travelling, and... We'd had to put a third bunk in um, to fit them because topping, top, top and tailing wasn't working anymore. And I think we were all just ready to have a little bit of grounding and settling in one spot. 
And, you know, I still found it, even towards the end, I still found it hard to pack up and move on to the next spot on every part of that journey. And I think that is just a reflection of who I am as a person. Like I, that, that anxious part of me does really enjoy being grounded and having a little bit of predictability in my life. Um, but yeah, I think it, we, we never once regretted the decision to pack up when we did. And I think ultimately the caravan trip led us to where we live now, which is in northern Tasmania. And I think that was ultimately one of the things that we were questioning and chasing as we kind of travelled from one spot to another is what's important to us, what are our priorities and how do we want to live? And we knew that we could live so well with so little. And so going back to a place that costs so much just to exist did not make any sense anymore. We could not justify that. So Jodie, is this something that you would recommend to other people or might it depend a little bit about, I don't know, the kind of relationships that happen in your family or the needs of the various children? Is it something that would work for everyone? I think it can work for you if you really do have an open mind and you can surrender to whatever happens on any day. Because, you know, we have this idea of what living on the road is like. And I think if you, you know, scroll through van diaries on Instagram and it just looks idyllic. And the truth is that it is just normal family life on the road. You've still got all the mishaps, all the tantrums, all the arguments things go wrong and you just have to navigate that in a place that may be very foreign to you. Perhaps you don't have electricity, all those kind of things. You can't escape, you know, the ups and downs of family life regardless of where you're living. And I think for us, you know, we really love simple comforts and I think perhaps living on the road is for people that really relish those simple comforts and I think it's also important to nod to the fact that we're living in a very different financial climate than what we were six years ago. And so I think keeping that in mind in terms of being able to live frugally on the road is an important aspect of it. Yeah, fuel fuel and food have changed in price a lot since then. Look, yeah. Jodie, it's been fascinating chatting with you today. Thanks so much for joining us on Life Matters. Thanks so much, Hilary. It's a great pleasure. That was writer Jodie Wilson talking about how she and her partner left suburban Sydney with their four kids for almost three years on the road. And Jodie and her family never did go back to their old life in the rat race. They settled in the small Tasmanian beach town where they ended their road trip. Jodie now works as a writer full-time and her partner Daniel is the primary parent. And next time on Leap... How did a lawyer who was married with a child end up working as a male escort who specialises in helping women who've been cheated on feel safe again in the bedroom? A lot to this story. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.